The following reading is from Rays of the One Light, and these are parallel commentaries from the Bible and Bhagavad Gita by Swami Kriyananda. This is, many are the pathways to truth. The truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. On the dedication page of Swami Kriyananda's book, The Path, appears the following account. A group of Paramhansa Yogananda's disciples had gone with him to see a movie about the life of Gyandev, a great saint of medieval India. Afterwards, they gathered and listened to the master explain certain subtler aspects of that inspiring story. A young man in the group mentioned another film he had seen years earlier in India about the life of Mirabai, a famous woman saint. If you'd seen that movie, he exclaimed, you wouldn't even have liked this one. The guru rebuked him. Why make such comparisons? The lives of great saints manifest in various ways the same, one God. The Bible contains a similar account in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 9. And John said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbid him, because he followeth not with us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. The more central a truth, the greater the number of contexts in which it can be applied. Truth is like a pure white light, containing within itself the full spectrum of the rainbow. Let no one tell you what your path to God ought to be. Many are the paths. Select your own according to the dictates of your own nature, no matter how out of step that puts you with other people. Sri Krishna in the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita states, trying even unsuccessfully to fill one's own spiritual duty, dharma, is better than pursuing successfully the duties of others. Better death itself in the pursuance of one's own duties. The pursuance of another's duties is fraught with spiritual danger. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. like to read a passage from Whispers from Eternity by Paramahansa Yogananda. 
toughest thing about this was choosing which one to read because he loves to talk about the uh, universal prayer in the cosmic temple. With a myriad of living thoughts of devotion, I have built for thee a temple of awakened silence. I have brought the multicolored lamps of wisdom from all valid faiths. They shine with the luster of thy one truth. The commingled incense of human craving for thy love soars up in spirals from the incense bowl of our hearts. Thy sacred presence shines on altars everywhere. All prayers of all temples, tabernacles, churches, mosques, and viharas are chanting to thee in the universal language of deep love. The orchestra of our combined feelings plays in harmony with the chorus of all soul songs, with the cry of all tears, with the bursting shout of all joys, and with the united anthem of all prayers. In this wallless cosmic temple of the soul, we worship thee, our one Father. Be pleased to reveal thyself to us always. Amen, Om, Amen. The topic that the many paths lead to one truth is actually quite central to the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and to our path. It's not an ancillary, politically correct and advantageous presentation. It is, in fact, the center of our teachings. Because if truth is one and eternal, and if we find it within the deathless self within, then it must be the part of the truth that Yogananda is bringing back that unites original Christianity as taught by Jesus Christ and original yoga as taught by Krishna. And Master said that's, that was his mission. In this quest for this experience, we can go beyond the theories. We can even go beyond the practices of the religions because the essence of true religion is, as Master talked about, the experience of the self within. And that's where he promoted Kriya Yoga as the universally effective technique that can be used by all human beings through all time. Think of this vast, vast universe that we're in. Trillions of stars, billions of galaxies. Could there be one way to find the truth? Not likely. Not likely at all. More likely that our Heavenly Father, our Divine Mother, loves the children and wants them to get out of this suffering, this maya. The enemy is maya. The enemy is the duality. And so, repeatedly, the Father sends teachings with the avatars, with the liberated souls, that give us a way, another way, to get out of this suffering. Before written words, I'm sure there were shamans and great holy women and holy men that we don't remember maybe anymore or know of, except on an intuitive level, that 
showed man ways to live in harmony with the Creator, with the love that is our own birthright. And so Krishna, and then Buddha, and then Muhammad, and then Christ, and then on and on, repeatedly giving us ways to get in touch with that one light, with that one reality, with the experience. And they give us teachings. And then we build a church around it, we codify it, and we pursue it. And that's good. But eventually, as the life and life energy of the guru begins to become more distant, it becomes weaker and fainter. And the single center truth becomes obstructed. This is what it says in the festival. Christ comes to Babaji and said, the lights on the high altar of my church have been growing dim. Those still lit on lower altars of good works, the noble taper of inner communion is becoming lost. Inner communion is the true religion. Not the practices, the rituals that give you inner communion, but the actual inner communion. And so God just keeps sending them. I'll send the Buddha. I'll send Krishna. I'll send Yogananda. I'll send Babaji. I'll send Sri Yukteswar. I'll send Lahiri Moshai. I'll send Kriyananda to flesh out what Yogananda brought. I'll send Jyotish and Devi. I'll send you to keep following that thread and to live that thread. The teachings themselves are great in as far as they take us to that one light. But in and of themselves, they don't necessarily have meaning for a next generation, for a next time. But the truth is one and eternal. It doesn't change. Everything else changes. And so we have this confusion in the world. And it's been around for a long time. Uh, I don't know. Well, Yogananda taught that at the birth of Christ, the three wise men came to honor Christ's teachings, the mission that he would bring, and also to show the unity of East and West. And Yogananda went on to say that the three wise men were Babaji, Lahiri, and Sri Teshwar. That is astounding when you meditate on it, because these same souls just keep coming back with this message of unity that we are one family under the one Father, Mother God. And over and over again they come. And Lahiri came again as Kabir. And Kabir's mission was to show the unity between the Muslims and the Hindus in India. And he tried, and maybe he was successful for a while, but then, oh, oh, we have to come again. Babaji has to come again. Christ says, please help. And so Lahiri comes again, receives initiation again, and starts out. Lahiri accepted disciples of all religion and taught them Kriya Yoga. So he had disciples of um, Ganesha. He had disciples of Muslim disciples. He had Hindu disciples. And he showed again and again. Sri Teshwar was asked by Babaji, could you write a, a brief book describing the unity of religion? So he wrote the Holy Science, which is indeed very brief, <laughs> but very, very deep. And so they come again and again, and Master of course, came and moved from India to USA, moved to Los Angeles. Again, showing this unity. By extension, all avatars, all true beings of realization have this one truth. And they bring to their 
people, their tribe, their nation, their time, a set of teachings that are helpful at that time. And that is their path. We follow that path, the path of these masters. We're so lucky. We have five gurus. I mean, what a bonanza. I mean, <laughs> this gives you more birthdays, more Mahasamadhis. In fact, this week, it's sort of, in our book, it's Lahiri week, you know, because Lahiri's Mahasamadhi is Monday. We'll celebrate that. On Friday's his birthday. We'll celebrate that. But this is the way that we remind ourselves of the true essence of religion. Kriyananda would often say that the saints are the true custodians of religion. The scriptures are wonderful, but the scriptures are so easy to misinterpret. You've noticed that in the modern world, haven't you? <laughs> There's a lot of fussing and a fighting going on about for nothing, over not understanding the true essence of religion. And Swamiji said, look to the saints if you want the essence of religion, if you want the real essence of that experience. And what is that experience? It is the white light at the point between the eyebrows. It is the blue field of cosmic consciousness. It is the reality that pervades this universe. And when we do, as we chanted, wake up from the dream, well, you don't have any more religions. You don't have any more bodies. You don't have the yin and the yang. You have the Tao. You have that one reality of truth. And that's what we're after. And when you you look at them, all the masters agree on that. Swamiji used to, Swami Kriyananda used to always say, the masters don't fight about things, the disciples fight. The masters all get along. Rajasi, in one of the tapes, he said, there is no difference between one master and any other master. He was, it was sort of frustrated cosmic consciousness saying, stop this, children, stop this. This is not what God is giving us. But to see the Buddha and to see Krishna, and to see Christ, and if you go deeply into their teachings, any master, there is that one truth. Moses, Christ, all the rest. I can't name them all. It would take too long. But there are so many. There are so many teachings that come again and again, and according to the Gita, will come whenever virtue declines. God will send a little pep talk giver, (laughs) a little coach, and say, Now, I was talking about the unity and that experience and the way to get it. And that's why the masters taught Kriya Yoga. But Lahiri didn't ask his disciple who were Muslim to convert to Hinduism to practice Kriya Yoga. He taught them Kriya Yoga so that in the context of their religion, they would have the experience of the self. And that is what we want. That is what we're after. We are so lucky to be aware of this. Now, if you're not a disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda and you came to Sunday service or you watched on the internet, I'm not saying that you should become a disciple of a given path. Swamiji says in the reading, become a disciple of truth and follow that path, find that path that you resonate with. And it's so different for each of us. But In essence, in the very heart of our practice, in the deep spine, it isn't different for any of us. Because it's the movement from the base of the spine to the point between the eyebrows. And you do that by uh, Om Namo Shivaya. You do that by your rosary. You do that by Om Mani Padmi Hum. You 
pronomen, you go around Lhasa three times. You, in, in the San people in Africa, they're the, they were called the Bushmen, but the politically correct name is the San people. But their view of heaven is a white ostrich shell. And what does that mean? Well, to them, an ostrich shell is food and liquid. They live in the Kalahari Desert. But what is the white ostrich shell? It's the white light at the point between the eyebrows. It has to be. Every master, every true teaching you find, it all comes back to the realization of... You can call it nirvana. You can call it satori. You can call it ecstasy. You can give it a bunch of names in different religions. Totally fine. I don't really care. But find that experience. Get there. And that's what the masters want. You know, Christ, with his masters, he didn't start a church. He had 12 guys, Mary Magdalene, Mary, and a few disciples. And then he left. And he resurrected himself in light. And then he spent 40 days with them. And then he left. The Buddha gave his teachings and then he left. And there's relationships. Even our own master, Paramahansa Yogananda, we think of as the great autobiography of a yogi, the greatest yogi in the modern world, for sure. But in a past life, he said, he, was, he went to Stonehenge. He said, I was here 3,500 years ago. So he was a druid. Then he came as William the Conqueror. He was a, a Catholic. Then he was in... Spain, he was Ferdinand, he was a Catholic. Then he was, he was with Krishna, he was a Hindu. Does it matter what path in the outer way you follow? No. Follow a path that's comfortable with you and then energize it. The second part of this is we have to energize our lives in the path that we're in. And that takes applying the same truth that the many paths lead to one experience. Because within our lives, even as Kriya Yogis, we have to energize our Kriya Yoga life. We have to chant more if our devotion is getting low. We have to meditate more if we're becoming restless. We have to celebrate Lahiri's Mahasamadhi tomorrow and tune into the Master and feel that vibration and feel that living presence. We have to keep our spiritual life energized and moving towards that one light, no matter what your religion. If you're a, if you're a Catholic, you do more novenas. If you're a, a, a Jew, you do more fasting. You go to the Wailing Wall, you do a pilgrimage, you read the Torah, you do all these things. Because, why? So that your energy focuses on that movement from the base of the spine to the point between the eyebrows. You can use the other masters as helps for inspiration, especially if you're a truth seeker. If you're new and seeing, well, what path will I follow? Go to the different paths and follow. Practice their practices and feel them. And feel the flavor. The flavor of a Zen monastery, the flavor of a Buddhist practice, the flavor of the Sufis with their dancing and their winged heart. Wonderful. All wonderful. And then you find the one that's yours. And then you dive into that. Why? Because you have to, as Swami said, in Master then, he wa- they watched the movie together, and then Master tried to explain the more subtle truths in that movie to his disciples. He didn't explain it at the movie theater. He took the disciples home and said, now, this is what is implied here, this is what Gyandev did, and this is what happened. So there's, there's two aspects. There's respect for all paths. 
Master said, when you're traveling, if you have a chance, go into a, into a synagogue and spend a little time meditate there or a church or a temple or a vihara or whatever is there and try to feel the truth that's in the center of the trappings of the path. Feel that experience. It's a wonderful thing. And you can see the flavor. It's like a soup. You know, this is Buddhist soup. You know, this is detached, you know, compassionate. This is Zen soup, you know, salty, macrobiotic, you know. <laughs> this, but it, is there one truth? Oh, yes, there's one truth. And that's why the masters all agree, feel oneness together. Because they are one. They're one in that light. The unity of religion is not in blending the different teachings. It's understanding that the one light of God, the white light at the point between the eyebrows, is the reality beyond this duality. In the duality, you're always going to have this and that. You're always going to have yin and yang. There has to be. That's what makes it duality. But divine love is the Tao. It is everything put together. And that is the teaching that Master brought. That is the teaching that Lahiri Moashai brought. That is the teaching that we have. That is what Swami Kriyananda established as the point of Ananda. We have World Brotherhood colonies, wonderful, but we also have urban colonies and we have meditation groups because it doesn't matter where you live, how old you are, how rich you are, what color your skin is, what country you come from. What matters is that you realize the self. And when you realize the self, you don't have a country. You don't have a skin. You don't have anything. You have everything because you're one with the infinite. So live in that consciousness and breathe it and make it a reality. And if you get, it, this is a long run. This is going to take a whole lifetime. Maybe you're tired at mile 24 on the marathon. Take a breather. Start chanting. Pick up the affirmation book. Oh, I have an idea. Let's read the autobiography this year. Oh, let's do an affirmation for peace and harmony. You'll notice as Swami started this, well, Master started it, but Swami would every year think of a new thing to keep us moving and keep us energized. Jyotish and Devi are doing a very good job of this. Every year we have a theme, and then we have a new affirmation, and now we have a temple of light, and there's always something. And maybe parts of that don't really resonate with you. Okay. That's okay. Chant more. You know, in all the years that I've, I've been on this path, and it's far too many, uh, but I, I know one disciple that Swami said, don't chant so much. <laughs> one, but he did tell one. There was one disciple, very wonderful disciple, and he was becoming too emotional. Swami said, don't chant so much. Meditate more. So it's possible that you're out of step with something. And that's what Swami said in the reading. You're not out of step with God. You're out of step with a little part of your karma. Let it go and move forward and read another book by Swami. Read another chapter of the autobiography. Meditate on Lahiri. Meditate on Yukteswar. Start to work in the schools. Something to keep the energy moving towards the reality that you are a part of all that is. That's why we do the festival every week, because it encapsulates, encapsulates the overview of this path, so that you don't go to a Sunday service and think it was, we're just about this. We're about God. <laughs> we're about light. We're about self-realization through Kriya Yoga. And Kriya Yoga is for all 
truth seekers. It is universally effective, as we say. So I'd like to close with a reading of Whispers because I couldn't decide which one was best. (laughs) And so I'd like to read for you from Whispers from Eternity. Demand to travel by the one highway of realization. Our one Father, we are traveling by many true paths towards thy one abode of light. Show us the one highway of common realization where all bypaths of theological beliefs meet. Make us feel that the diverse religions are branches of thy one tree of truth. Bless us that we enjoy the intuition-tested, ripe, luscious fruits of self-knowledge hanging from the many branches of true scriptural teachings. In thy one temple of silence, we all sing to thee a chorus of many-voiced religions. Teach us to chant in harmony with thy love's manifold expressions that our chorus of souls rouse thee to break thy vow of cosmic silence and lift us into thy lap of universal, immortal understanding. Have a great week.